misbehaviors. We are your sinners and saviors. We the three. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of The Writer's Block. I am your host, Matt Wright, from the Muddied Waters of Freedom, and I am welcoming you. I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do here. Uh, I was talking with my guest right before the show, and I was saying, I have no idea how to start a show by myself before I had Muhammad helping me out. And now I'm, like, just shooting in the dark. But first and foremost, let me thank Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava that I drink on this and every show. By the way, thanks, Jay, for getting that to me in such a timely fashion today. Didn't even have to say a word. He just handed it to me. So thank you. Um, for those of you who watch The Muddy Waters of Freedom, you probably have a pretty decent idea of what we do. Um, so uh, this is going to be a little bit different since it's just me uh, talking with different guests. Uh, but starting out, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the news uh, recently and uh, i don't know if you saw this or not but on wednesday uh joe jackson the father of michael jackson and the rest of the jackson clan uh passed away um according to sources to the famed patriarch he was complaining about michael not putting out enough new content recently and he had to motivate him the old-fashioned way um and then uh also a belgian model marissa papen or Papen, P-A-P-E-N, uh, posed nude for photographs overlooking the Western Wall in the old city of Jerusalem. Uh, I'd love to post those here, but Facebook and YouTube would probably pull it almost immediately, and I wouldn't want to start out my show getting pulled. So uh, you can find them on her website at marissapapen.com. Um, she's saying that she participated in the shoot because she wanted to challenge the boundaries of religion and politics. People who are criticizing uh, the controversial shoot are saying she is still only the second most controversial woman to pose nude in Jerusalem. The first was Bathsheba. Um, a Los Angeles man uh, caused a traffic jam on the 110 after he scaled a highway sign and began unfurling banners requesting uh, for people to fight pollution. He was also freestyle rapping taking an occasional break to hit his vape, but doing all of this while in his underwear. I really don't have any joke for that that I could have come up with. Uh, just the mental image of him doing that. Also, I'm kind of curious of what he was vaping. Not 100% sure. Um, but also, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio today uh, tweeted out, or not today, earlier this week, uh, tweeted out a picture from a first look from Once Upon a Time in America. Um, very excited about this movie from Quentin Tarantino. It's going to be released on the 50th anniversary of the Sharon Tate murder. And hipsters across America are already rehearsing the line, 
I was wearing my orange faux leather jacket before it was cool. Um, I'm already looking into getting one. I'm so excited for this movie. Uh, so speaking of movies, my absolutely first guest, very honored to have him on, very excited to have him on. Uh, I look at this guy like a brother and uh, definitely happy that he said that he would do this is my very dear friend, Caleb Franz from Mill Liberty. Caleb, what is going on, buddy? You know, there's too much that's going on right now, but I I really like that out of all the thing, all the ways that you could have introduced me, you introduced me by speaking about movies. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's actually that's actually a, a, an honor for me. That, <laughs> uh, you know, put aside politics or anything like that. That's. Uh, that's probably the best way anyone's ever introduced me so far. So Yeah, I mean, you and I, uh, our conversations are pretty much 50-50. We talk about politics or movies, and that's pretty much it. And Basically, yeah. And normally it's like we'll start talking about politics, and then we just kind of move into, oh, did you see the new trailer for whatever? Well, that's more, you know, that's more entertaining and, and more... Uh, delightful less uh, less depressing yes. than uh, than the things that happen though recently there have been some good things yeah. but you know most of the time that's that's <coughs> not the case. 100% uh before we before we get into uh the t- uh the subject that we're going to talk about i am super excited about the future of steve carell's movie career steve carell i think is probably the most underrated actor in Hollywood or one of them. Yes. I, I one of the top underrated actors in Hollywood because he can I mean he's always seen as Michael, you know, from the office. Right, 100%. But but his acting chops are just they are so unbelievably good. wide. So and he has he has three movies coming out this year. Uh two of which I've seen the trailer for and both of them I am so excited for. Uh, he's got a movie coming out called Beautiful Boy, which stars the kid from Call Me By Your Name that was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, I can't remember that kid's name right now. Uh, but it's he's the dad, and the kid is his son, and he's like a meth addict, and the dad's trying to save him. And like just watching the trailer, I was like just choked up. I was like, man, Steve, you're killing it already. Mm-hmm. Super excited about that. And then he's in the new Robert Zemeckis movie. Uh, welcome to Marwa. Mar- I I Marwin. have welcome to Marwin. I, I haven't seen that trailer, but I have seen that it is out, and I haven't just I just haven't watched it yet. And but that looks strange yet captivating at the same time. I, my buddy, uh, my buddy Sean Simpson, who owns Low Tide, he um he had me watch the trailer when I got back from Alaska, and. He's like, have you seen it? I said, no. And he just hands me his phone and the earphones, <laughs> and he's just like, watch it now. And do you know what it's about at all? No, I don't. Okay, it's about this guy. I think he is a veteran of some kind. Um, and he's walking in town, and a group of neo-Nazis like kidnap him and beat the living shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And he like kind of goes a little crazy, and then he starts dealing with it by playing with these dolls that he built that like are representative of everybody that he knows and that's how he communicates and the movie has like him going through a trial but yet 
he's in his own little fantasy world of these dolls and it's very Robert Zemeckian and like the way that it looks, but it looks so good. And just watching Steve Carell's performance in the uh, trailer, I was like, man, he is this year. He is just like, give me my damn Oscar. Honestly, he has, he has the acting chops to, to definitely take home an Oscar, though. It'll probably end up like, um, like Leonardo where it's like, Years and years and years until finally, until you finally, know, he'll, he'll get one. Until finally, it's basically like one, right? One, <laughs> one. Yeah, it's gonna be a. I'm looking forward to both of those movies. I was just like, man, Steve is killing it. Mm-hmm. I remember watching him on the uh, Dana Carvey show back in the '90s. You know, before you were alive. <laughs> right. And uh, I remember watching him on that, and I was like, man, that guy's an idiot, but I really like him. <laughs> And he's a really, really likable guy. He is just a really likable guy. They had this bit. It was him and Dana Carvey where they would go to, like, fast food restaurants. And you know the where people would, like, get the food and then not pay and just drive off? They they were doing the opposite everywhere. They were giving the people money, and before they got the food, they would drive off, like, cackling in laughter as though they just pulled this great <laughs> prank. And I remember watching that as a kid going, this guy's either a moron or a genius, and I'm not sure which. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm, like, super excited about both the, uh, the movies he's got. Well, he's got one other one that doesn't have a trailer yet that I haven't seen. But I'm looking forward to those two by far. Already ex- super excited about them. I'm mostly excited for the second. I, I watched uh, I watched Jurassic World last week last week i think yeah you said you did not like it did not uh was not a fan um at all it was it was very messy and uh it rehashed a lot of cliches and and similar plots that is just feeling like a a dead horse at this point yeah that's Uh, rex reed said the exact same thing (laughs) really (laughs) it was Um, spot on and, but the but before that, I, I watched The Incredibles, and oh, that was so good. That was up there for probably my second or third favorite film this year. Um, obviously, my my number one would right. be. <laughs> um, absolutely love that. But uh, my number two, it, it kind of ha- competes with an interesting film um, in a completely different genre. Uh, a Quiet Place was one of the most original films that I have seen in a long time. Yes. And, of course, it's it's John Krasinski, so, you know, what's what's not to love about it? Um, but that, I, it might be number two, um, or The Incredibles, but I, I really appreciated in, in that film, um, non, you know, non-spoilery, um, but... In the trailers a little bit, they, they kind of made it look like they might go the very cliche, oh, the business guy is, is going to be, you know, revealed to be the evil, you know, the evil guy setting this up. And that is not at all no. the way that they went about it. They they actually made him look like an honorable person, somebody actually trying to go out and, and do, something, um, do something worthwhile and something of of merit and that alone was a refreshing a a breath of refreshing air um going into a movie like that and and getting that oh 
business guys aren't actually all evil. Right. That's, that was that was nice to watch. I um I was watching it. I was up in Alaska. I watched it uh, the day it came out, and um, I I hadn't I hadn't actually seen a trailer for it. So oh really? Yeah. So yeah. I hadn't like I kind of knew what it was about, but not really. Yeah. And I I was checking it out, and immediately I was like, oh, man, they're gonna this guy's gonna be. Right. This guy's going to be the bad guy and you know, it's going to be really obvious and it turned out it wasn't and I was like, "Thank right. you God." I was just so happy with the way that they went about that. There there was also a lot of uh, a lot of, you know, small moments in that film too along with the um, you know, it's very similar to like in the first one where um, if everyone's special, then no one is. You know, right. so, very similar to those kind of moments that I, I really appreciated. That I, I expected a little bit, but did, wasn't really sure like what it, exactly that they would say. But the the moments that they had in there, especially toward the beginning, was really relatable, and uh, and it really cut to the to the fundamentals of uh, a lot of different issues that I, I thought was done really really well. Yeah, they um all in all I thought that movie was like it's a fun movie. It's a really fun I mean it's Pixar. Like it's hard Yeah, it, yeah. It's hard to go wrong. Um right. but they uh yeah, they just did a really great job with that movie. And I yeah. I enjoyed the crap out of it. Did you see that Google accidentally said that it was 4 hours long? Said it was what? 4 hours long? No. Yeah, on on their website, uh, like if you looked up The Incredibles two, it said it was three <laughs> hours and fifty two minutes or something like that. And people no. were tweeting it out, going, "Man, I don't have four hours to watch The Incredibles." I was like, "Man, if you got four hours to watch any movie, that's not a bad one to do." Yeah, I was gonna say that I wouldn't mind watching that uh, f- a four hour movie no. of The Incredibles. No, there's a few movies that I'd be like, "Yeah, sounds like fun. Right. I can do that." <laughs> And that's probably one of them. Yeah, I mean, most of the time when I hear about a movie being four hours, I'm like, uh, no, I'm not going to yeah. do it. But if it was like The Incredibles, or if they had done Kill Bill in one like they were planning, <laughs> I probably would have yeah. sat through the theater yeah. for all four hours of that. Right. Yeah, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino is a, just a really interesting, <laughs> uh, really interesting screenwriter. He really is. I cannot, man, I cannot wait for that movie to come out. God, I cannot wait. That movie's got such a great cast on it. Um, so, on to the news. We've done the movie thing, so. Um, it's the, uh, the the mandatory the required ma- topic exactly. for every time that we do an interview together. Definitely. We, we, we have to talk about movies for at least right. five, ten minutes. So, uh, the Supreme Court, killing it this week. Absolutely Absolutely great. killing it this week. Yeah. Four four decisions this week, and I agreed with every single one of them. Five, if you this know. week up to last Friday, I think. I think that was the first one, right? Um, but yes, yeah, every every single one of them have been just fantastic, right? I mean, well, there's one that that could go either or for me, but you know, we we can get into that. But overwhelming majority has just been knocking it out of the park, right? I mean, so they started off. Was, the first one was the cell phone one, right? Yep. Okay. Yep, yes. Yep. They started off with the, that was an interesting ruling too. I, I that Not shocked me. Expect. No, that shocked me. So, for anybody who doesn't know, the Supreme Court ruled that they need a warrant to track your cell phone. Uh, so this one automatically was just libertarian 
Oh yeah, libertarian, just you know? libertarian as hell. I that one, I was like, I can't believe they ruled that way. But I was yeah. so happy. That was such a great ruling. Um, it was it was interesting how it was ruled though, because all of it was all the the liberal judges on the courts ruled that you you have to have a warrant. Um, and then Roberts joined them, and then all the conservative judges on the court ruled against it, but for all different reasons. They all had their own dissenting opinion, so there wasn't one unanimous um, dissent right. um, on each of their parts. And Gorsuch's was, was, I think, the most interesting because, you know, he was the guy who I believed was going to stand up for surveillance, you know, stand up against surveillance and uh, stand on, on privacy rights. Um, and when I saw that he ruled against it, I was really surprised and really concerned and confused. Um, but not not that this is, I, I think the logic behind this is a little bit flawed, but, but he ruled against it because it did not go far enough, essentially. He said, you know, Privacy rights absolutely matter in this country, and and ruling in the affirmative in this case does not do privacy rights justice. Essentially, um, which I, I I I would have if I were on the bench, if I were him. Of course, I'm not a law expert or a you know judge or anything like that. But logically speaking, for my you know position, I would have ruled. And affirmative, just because, just because you don't, even if you don't have like everything, then I would have ruled for what we did have right. in that case. No, yeah, um, I, I yes, I can understand that. Uh, but I can't really be mad at, at Gorsuch too much, especially since you know it it won. <laughs> right. So and I wonder if whatever. I wonder if he knew it was gonna win, so he was like, okay. I'm just going to make my statement of I think it needs to be more strict. That that might have also been the case, um, and I have no idea one way or the other with that. But yeah, I if, that was, if that were the case, then I then I would definitely give him more more credence. Right. Um, that decision as well. Right. Um, and then they followed it up. I think the next one was the uh, crisis pregnancy centers. Yes. So most of these have happened within the past couple of days. The the surveillance one was on Friday. Um, and then yesterday, I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, as of the time of this uh, recording, that is. Right. Uh, they said, basically, they ruled that, you know, you can't force certain pregnancy centers, emergency pregnancy centers, to advertise abortion if it goes against their fundamental beliefs. Or, or. So this is, this is a multi-tiered win, okay? If you're, if you're pro-life, this is an obvious one, you know, you, you don't want to advertise abortion. Right. But also, this is a really important win for um, free speech, and free conscience, and the freedom of, of conscience, which is what the First Amendment is essentially about, um, is you can encompass all of it and just, you know, crunch it all together and just describe the First Amendment as you have the right to your own conscience, and that would basically encompass the First Amendment. Right. Um, but, but that said, not only, you know, we're not going to tell you what 
your speech is going to be, but we're also not going to make you violate your own conscience, which is, I think, they've been doing really well with with First Amendment issues, recently especially, but for a long time, they've had a really good track record of upholding the First Amendment. And with everything else that's been going on within you know, all the other issues that government picks on what liberties to violate and 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 what rights to infringe upon and everything like that. That is one area that they have hardly um, missed a step on. Um, you know, there there have been tons of cases over the past couple decades, especially at the turn of the millennium, where they have just been ruling and expanding free speech rights um, protected under the Constitution. And this is just yet another example of that. Um, I was reading about, I was reading about the, uh, the union one today before the show, uh, where they ruled that if you're a non-union member, you don't have to, you, you are not required to pay even a portion of the union dues. And I right. love in, in public sector, right. Unions, right. Right. In public sector unions. And I loved, absolutely loved that ruling. Cause that's a freedom of association. You know, that's freedom of association. You cannot force me to be a member of your group, of your militia. Like I, which is I mean, right. that's the way that I look in so many labor unions. And I've had like I've actually talked to a couple of people who put together relatively decent arguments on why labor unions are not bad and why people should pay into them. But at the end of the day, it's still I don't want you taking my money. I'll do my own negotiating for me. So, so unions are an interesting topic that I have taken my time on formulating where I stand on them because if you just look at a union in and of itself, there is nothing wrong with, with what it is the purpose of a union is and what it is, you know, and wanting to be a part of a union or, or anything like that. Right. It's essentially coming together with 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 fellow workers with fellow individuals coming together and and being part of a larger voice to bargain for uh, certain you know certain um, privileges and work and I, I would say rights but that's, that's not what they are right. um, certain uh, workers uh, benefits essentially Um and that in and of itself is not a bad thing. Um, it's It becomes bad whenever they get involved with government. And I can't think of a time in recent history where they have ever not been involved right. with government. Because once government steps in, that is when coercion steps in, which is exactly what this ruling was about, was, was force. Are you, can government-backed uh, unions force you to pay dues, even... Even though you know they, you may not want to be a part of the union, um, and the answer is pretty obvious to anyone who believes in freedom of association, to anyone who believes in just basic fundamental human liberty. Um, no, you 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 can't be allowed. You can still join um, a a union for whatever reasons you may want to and bargain for your benefits that you can get or better wages or better salaries or whatever that's fine but the minute you put the minute you 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 put 
force and coercion into it, that's when it starts being a voluntary um, communal issue, which is what community is truly about. It's, it has nothing to do with force. It has nothing to do with government, um, which is why I think we should, we should as, as liberty lovers, we should take back that word. Um, but it has nothing to do with force, but that's what unions have always made it about was, was force. Right. And a lot of that is rooted because many of the labor unions, as a lot of people know, like were rooted from the mob. And that was mm-hmm. how a lot of the force started getting involved, like uh, started becoming just so prevalent in the labor unions. Yeah. Um, and this ruling like has completely overturned so many different rulings from the past. Uh, I, th- I was reading that it was uh, the most recent one was back in the seventies where they said, no, you cannot force them to pay the full amount, but you can take some. And this even overturns that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and-, and it also opens up there. There are, ton you know i live in ohio and ohio is not it or it wasn't a right to work state um and there were several this was this was a tide that was that was coming much like in the case with with gay marriage um a tide that was overwhelmingly on the support uh on the side of 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 liberty of the side of voluntary um cooperation uh, and it's something that probably would have eventually happened, but this just completely like wiped out the timeline, essentially, of when it could have happened to it's it's now. Right. It's actually right now. Um, and that, I think, is a great thing. Uh, the, what's, what's interesting is all the reactions that I have seen um, after that ruling is essentially this is going to cripple labor unions if you allow people the liberty to leave or to not pay dues. And, you know, I'm just like, you got to wonder, what's wrong with your organization if you have to force someone to be a part of it and to to essentially steal their money? Because that's what you're doing. You're sticking a gun in their face and saying, if you want this, we are going to We're take gonna your We're going to be money. taking a portion of this. Um, and, and if that is the only way that you can stay alive politically, then you have bigger problems on your hands than, than just allowing people the freedom to choose whether or not they want to be in a union or not. Right. I mean, it's how the federal government's been running for years. So they're just basically ripping off the federal government's ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I mean, that's. I think a political issue. A, uh, a, a you can you can even go into a a free uh, free speech, free conscience issue with with this. You know, if they're taking my money to give it to political causes that I am not a part of or do not agree with, then that is a a fundamental violation of the right of conscience. I if you are taking my money against my will to give it to democratic causes and I'm not a democrat then that is a major issue that should never ever happen right yeah it's uh unions historically will support democratic causes democratic candidates and if you know you or I were a member of a union and they're like oh we're going to give our money to Hillary Clinton it's- because because she supports uh you know women or not women's um workers rights and and all you know, she all these things rights too but right 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 
just uh, just not the universal rights of right. <laughs> <laughs> that everyone has, including women. Right. Um, yeah, that that doesn't. Also, who who are they to decide? what it is that is quote a worker's rights that's that that's always very peculiar to me because if i disagree it's like oh no don't worry i can i can handle this i can i can bargain for my own benefits and and those aren't really rights but you're you're saying that you want to use my money to make the to to make the government force people to, to, to give me, me a higher wage or to give me, you know, lower hours or more benefits, that, that doesn't seem right to me. No, no, absolutely not. So I, I haven't, like, I've never, I've never been a fan of unions since I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that it gave too much power, like, it takes all the power away from the bosses, which, you know, if you can't negotiate on your own, kind of find something to do. <laughs> find something you're better at. Um, and... So, like, I've never really been a huge fan of labor unions, and I've never been a fan of being forced into them. So right. this ruling, and this ruling—that's that's really that's really the the big takeaway is that you know unions, if, if they're they're not non-existent after this, they still exist, you know, and right. that's I think a good thing because right. I think that there does need to be in some circumstances, not all circumstances. I think that they've become much too liberal. In, in the sense of like just loosely applied, um, uh, like like teachers unions or, or or something like that. But there are certain labor unions that I think are very important that do have a purpose in society that can um, get workers better conditions or better salaries or better benefits or whatever it is. But only if it's voluntary and only if. Um, everyone there, they're not, they're not, you know, lobbying the government because that's essentially all they've become is nothing but government lobbyists and they just don't want to admit it. Right. And I mean, like the Screen Actors Guild or the, uh, the Screen Actors Guild or the Screen or the Writers Guild of America, like being forced to have to join these unions just to be able to write for a TV show or to act in Hollywood doesn't make a lot of sense to me like if you want to do that without being a member of the union why can't you and that's just the easiest example i can come up with that we yeah i i I agree that's you know writers guilds and actors guilds and stuff like that i i guess they have a purpose but i don't see how anyone can justifiably say that you know these guys in hollywood honestly need somebody to co- to use government coercion to force businesses that you know, that they need better benefits or whatever like right. that just that just doesn't make any sense. No, it's... any reasonable person would say no. That's 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 not what unions are for. Right, and when they had the uh, writer strike back in two thousand nine. Eight, whenever mm-hmm. that was, and all the TV shows ended after fourteen episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it seemed like everybody was on the same side on that one. Everybody was like, "Oh no, the writers need more money," and I was like, "Well, yeah, that's cool, but that's fine." Yeah, I, 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 I have know, zero. Everyone to make more money. Yeah, hundred percent. And I was like, "Yeah, that's cool and everything, but uh, you're telling people who aren't making any money at it don't write for these people, right?" 
And it's just like, well, this is their chance to get their foot in the door. Granted, they'll be scabs and nobody would want to hire them afterwards, but at least they'll have a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and what was there? There was one more. There was one more ruling. It was um, there was the um, there was the travel ban. Was the, the travel ban. One. That's right. Yeah, yeah which uh, if you watched our if you watched the muddied waters of freedom we talked about that yesterday uh well on tuesday and uh i was surprised that egypt wasn't on the travel ban and i just kept hoping muhammad was going to get yanked out of the studio <laughs> and taken back yeah um i i have like from i understand why this ruling ended the way that it did yeah i don't agree necessarily with um with the travel ban however um this is the prime example of the court doing what it is supposed to be doing um it, they're not supposed to be scoring political points right that's not their job and i can disagree with something on a on a policy issue like the travel ban, because I, I think that it doesn't really do much of anything to keep America safe, um, and and the and there's there's still a constitutional argument, whereas just doing this isn't necessarily unconstitutional. Um, and if they if they rule a certain way, if they rule an affirmative of this, that doesn't mean that that the people who rule this way support it. Or and, which it might have been the case that all of them supported it, who voted for it, but that doesn't have to necessarily be the case. Right. All they were um, saying is that it was not a violation of freedom of religion, and correct. And that, and I never saw it. it it's as not much. a Muslim ban. Right. That's it's not, that's what they were saying. Right. It's not a Muslim ban. It's a travel ban from those seven countries, which I'm not. Which right. is down to six, uh, because. Chad changed uh, one of their policies, so they got pulled off of it. And I don't really know what's going to happen with North Korea. I don't know how long they're going to be on that ban. But yeah, um, I the I think the other thing that does actually concern me a bit about this about this ruling, however, um, even though I, I I have already said that you know it it doesn't necessarily violate the Constitution per se um, because because the left was trying to make it look like a Muslim ban. That was their fault. If they wanted to fight a travel ban, they should have fought a travel ban. Right, instead not, of saying it was a race, Not uh, saying that it's thing. a Muslim ban because that's not what it is. Um, it's, it has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with, you know, hot spots around the world. Which is reasonable, I suppose. I, I don't agree with it, but I understand the logic. The, the thing that I am concerned about is um, saying that national security trumps anything else. And that, I think, does set a little bit of a dangerous precedent. Um, it does make me feel a little bit better after the first ruling that we talked about, the the surveillance ruling, that they're not going to do, they're, they're not going to try to do something overtly unconstitutional, at least overwhelmingly. Right. Um, even though uh, that one was was kind of a close decision, um, but this it, it does set a a it it essentially. It, 
you know, tread lightly with, with this is, is what I'm concerned about because how, how much more, um, you know, how many things have been done in the name of national security that have just been a complete violation of liberty. There's no, there's no section in the constitution that says you can do X, Y, and Z as long as it's for national security purposes. Right. And that's probably the, the biggest caveat that I have that, that really concerns me about that ruling. But by and large, I think that it's, it's comforting to know that the court is um, at least not doing things like they have had a reputation of doing and, and trying to rule legislation instead of trying to rule in... Um, in out of uh, out of constitutionality, right? Which you know the court the court was there to say, okay, yes, this is constitutional. This is not constitutional. That's it. And then previous, like the last ten years or so, maybe a little bit longer, it seems like they've been more legislatively acting, and people right. have been using the court in order to make laws, right? Which is not their job. Which is not right. what it is that they're supposed to be doing. No. And I and honestly, if they wanted to fight the constitutionality of a travel ban, um, they, like I said, they should have fought the constitutionality of a travel ban, not the constitution constitutionality of a Muslim ban under the banner of a travel ban. Right. Because that that's not what it was, and that's what they ruled on, was whether or not this was a Muslim ban or not. And that's, that's not the case. Right, and just when, the moment that you look at the list of the seven countries, which six now, and you have North Korea, and you've got Venezuela in there, you can't, I mean, you can't really call it a Muslim ban. Yeah. Because there aren't a lot of Muslims in either of those two countries. Right. So, um... All across the board, I, I agreed with all of the decisions in the way that they made them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, not also with you on that one, not a huge fan of the travel ban itself, but I agreed with the decision on it. Like, I think the Supreme Court definitely did the right thing in that particular instance. Right. Um, and this is probably the one time where, where Trump supporters do have a point whenever they say Buck Gorsuch, um, <laughs> because this is where it actually does prove to be beneficial to have that. And then it looks like we, we might be getting another, I, I was another say, situation like that. I know. Ken Kennedy retiring from the court yeah. announced on Wednesday. That, That's, that is huge news for the right-wingers and Republicans, conservatives, Potential, potential. Huge well, I mean, it's um, it's it's huge news already, but we don't know what's going to be filled. Well, in. potential positive news, right. I should say. Yeah, um, yeah. Because um, I, I, everybody's I, looking for another Gorsuch to be added. But right. man, and I don't if know. that's the case, that will be awesome. Like just amazing. That that'll be fit 40, 40 plus years of the Supreme Court just ruling after ruling yep. after ruling. Yep. I hesitate to say that that is absolutely what's going to happen. Now, he, now the White House has re responded to this announcement and said that it will be out of the list, and I would have to look over that initial list that he released back last year. Back when he did the Gorsuch. Yeah, right. but that is who Trump is going to choose from. Um, 
and I I know there are some great names on there still. Um, I'm not sh- sure who he's more inclined to pick, and that is probably my only worry right now, is that he would pick somebody who is maybe less than stellar. Right. Because as optimistic as I am, I'm also cautiously optimistic that things don't typically happen twice in a row where you get just two knock-it-out-of-the-park judges in the row. Man, I I still have my fingers crossed that a uh, judge... I, I do, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is one area where I think um, people who voted for Trump... Uh, I was not willing to vote for Trump out of the courts alone, and I still am not because there are a lot of damages that can occur um, under the Trump administration... Um, and a lot of damages that have occurred under the Trump administration that would violate liberty and that would violate my conscience if I decided to vote for him. However, this is one area where I was doubtful that he would make the right decision on, and he has been, or he has made the right decision the first time. Right. Hopefully, he'll keep that up. I have my fingers crossed. I have to go back and see if he's on this list. I'm not sure yet. Um, but I have my my fingers crossed and holding out hope for Judge Napolitano. Yeah, that's who I was going to say. That's, yeah. that's the 100%. guy that I really want. I'd also be very, very happy with Mike Lee. Um, I'd be happy with Mike Lee. I know that Napolitano uh, had a meeting with Trump before Gorsuch was picked. So I was, yes, he did. Because everybody was kind of like, uh-oh, is, is this actually going to happen? Which right. would have been fantastic also. But I'm not sure if he is on that list of 25 people. Gotcha. Uh, and that's that's what I would have to go back and look. He might um, he might be on there, but he might not. I'm not sure. Right. I don't um, remember. I looked at the list when it first came I out. I do believe Mike Lee was. Mike Lee I, was. I am, yeah, I, I am pretty sure Mike Lee was. So if Ted if Cruz was the, not, right? I don't remember. That was, it feels like it was so long ago. I know. I it mean, was, a lot it has was happened really since that long then. ago, but in political, you know. Yeah, I was going to say a, a lot has happened since that list was released. Um, right. Yeah, I don't remember if Ted Cruz was or not, but it, I know a lot of people have said that that would be. You know, a lot of conservative people have said that would be where they would rather see Ted than causing problems yeah. on the Senate floor. Yeah, well, I was gonna. Yeah, most most senators are like. You know, if you if you nominate Cruz, then he'll probably be the most seamless passage in the history of appointments because everyone wants him out of the Senate. Yeah, everybody just wants to get rid of him to get yeah no more problems. Yeah, yeah. which there still would be. Rand has been more of a problem maker for for the people who uh, have been complaining more than Ted Cruz has. He's been more uh, complacent yeah. recently, but you know that's that's another that is <laughs> that's another discussion. Speaking of. Speaking of yes, the yes, great yes. senator from no. Kentucky, uh, I'm actually waiting on a call from somebody uh, today uh, to let me know when I'm going to be seeing him this weekend. And yes, Matt. He's going to be seeing Rand Paul, and and he wants us all to know that so I do. that we can all bask in his glory and be envious of him. Yeah, uh, mainly I'm, I, I really want to go so this time I can get the picture with him so I have the evidence as opposed to right. just telling I'm surprised him. he didn't last time, but... Man, that guy, he got out of that car real fast. He Yeah. <laughs> well, they kind of have to. Yeah. At, no, I know, mean, he, like, he was running late and I was like, oh, I'll just get a picture with him when I drop him off at the hotel. And at the hotel, he was like, hey, can you give Kelly his wife, for anybody who doesn't know, 
um, I forget it. I'm not just talking to you. Uh, he was like, right. can you give Kelly a ride to wherever? And I said, yeah, sure. And he got out of that car and he was just gone. <laughs> five foot six ghost. Just did you, uh, did you get a picture with Kelly? I did not. No, I just ended up talking no? to Kelly for a long time. Kelly was so sweet. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Nice. She's, she's great. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, looking forward to, uh, seeing them this weekend. I'm not even sure what I'm going to do. I'm going to have fun with that. I'm going to have so much fun with that. Yeah. Um, well, that is, shockingly, we are over time. Yeah, imagine that. I know. That's so weird. Um, thank you for coming on. You know, I wasn't expecting that we, I honestly thought that we'd be like more in line with the time, but then you started off the show by talking, talking about, about something movies. that's just like go on and on about. And mm. then I was like, well, there goes that. Yeah, I, uh, you know, like I was telling you before we even started, I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to start this thing. <laughs> yeah. Just shot in the dark on everything today. Uh, right. This one's going to be a work in progress uh, until I figure it out. But uh, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm proud to call Thank you a friend you. and glad you were my very first guest. Thank you very much for having me. I am, uh, I've, I've had fun and it's, it's been a blast being on here. Yeah, man. Um, Thanks so much. Uh, if you want to hang out for the outro, uh, feel free. If not, yeah. Um, everybody, you can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the writer's block. Uh, you can also follow the muddied waters of freedom on all of the sites that you normally hear me talk about. Uh, I'll work on all of the other social media accounts for this show soon. Um, but until then, remember uh, where we're going. We don't need roads. We are the Mr. Havers. We are your sinners and saviors. We the free.